Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we have a little bit of a special episode. We're not completely back yet, but wanted to, you know, put out an episode for you because there's been lots and lots of news that has happened just in the, what has it been, like two, two and a half months that we've yeah. been away? I mean, there's been so much stuff that has happened in that two, three month span. So yeah, we it's wanted like to kind of hit on a lot of it. Yeah. I feel like the world heard that our tiny podcast was going to go on hiatus and then they were like, let's... Let's stir it up. Let's have a bunch of stuff happen. So we're going to kind of run through some of the big entertainment news that has happened over the past couple of months and then give you some recommendations of what we've been reading and watching because we've had a couple of months. So we've we've both gathered up some things that we've been uh, enjoying uh, media wise. So we'll share that with you as well. So first, the big story, of course, though, and kind of one of the reasons why we even decided to record this episode in the first place is that now the actors and the writers have both settled their strikes. The writers settled their strike, came to an agreement probably about a month ago. The actors, it was just uh, last week when we're recording this, so it was very recent, but they came to an agreement as well. Now, we don't know exactly what is in the writers, or sorry, the actors' agreement because it still has to be voted on by the board and it won't become public until after that has happened. We know some of the the details, but we don't know all the inner workings of the actor's uh, agreement. The writer's agreement, we do pretty much know at this point. And basically what the writers wanted was they wanted um, some more money, especially if their show is on a streaming service. They wanted to be paid extra um, and gain residuals if their show performed well on a streaming service. So now the streaming services are going to provide that data to the writer's guild. And I think it's if the show is in is watched by 20% of the subscribers for that streaming service. Like within a certain period, they will make extra money off of it. It's something like that. I can't remember the exact details, but they basically are going to get some more money for streaming shows, which is one thing that they definitely wanted. And then the other big thing that the actors were um, kind of bargaining for was the use of AI in scripts and screenplays and things like that. So they've gained protection from AI being able to write episodes of television or movie scripts or something like that. So those are the big things that the the writers wanted. The actors, kind of the same things. I think they have some more some more stuff in there and how they're going to get paid from streaming services is a little bit different because mm-hmm. I think they, they might be getting paid more just because think about it. If you're going to watch something, you're probably going to watch it because your favorite actor or actress is in that, you know, right. that kind of sells the show. Whereas the writing is is you know essential for a good show but you're not going to watch something usually because somebody wrote it um unless it's like a very famous writer like shonda rhimes or aaron sorkin or something like that but the actors i think are going to get more money from streaming services because that's normally why you choose to click on something on netflix is oh this person that i really like is in this so then they also gained protection against ai as well in terms of what ai can be used and what it can't be used for on the acting front and also um they gained protection for background actors too like taking actors or clips or computer generating background actors basically they've got some things in there i heard about that too they've got some things in there about that as well where um they've protected against that and if they want to reuse something they have to let the original actor know and compensate the original actor and 
um, the guild has to be made aware of it and everything. So that's a general summary of what I know about the actors and the and the writers' strikes. So I don't know anything beyond that. I appreciate so much like what you said because I I thought what was so interesting about the strike in general was I didn't realize how many things had to do with the strike. Like I understood what they were fighting for. I understood the whole AI argument. Um, and was in full agreement of this, but I didn't realize it affected things like promotion and stuff. And I think we talked about it before we went on hiatus, but that was really interesting. And I, of course, watched Timothy Chalamet host Saturday Night Live this weekend. And he even talked about it because people couldn't post about any of their movies coming out. They couldn't post pictures. They couldn't be at a press event and then post about it. And then there were some people, if they had small independent films, they could get like a like a an waiver. Exception. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A waiver so that they could talk about it um, in limited capacity. But it's just interesting to see all of the different um, things that it affected. And I'm glad. I'm just so relieved it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only fun connection I had to it, I had told Jared this, but the night that my uh, child was born at, because the original, you know, the writer's strike, they said it ended and then it didn't end. Like they had to keep, like Jared mentioned, they had to keep working on it. But X, um, which is formerly known as Twitter, there was something put out. Um, the Writers Guild of America, there was um, a message that came out the exact moment he was born that the there was a tentative agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture um, Television and Producers. But, of course, that wasn't the end of it. But I was like, oh, my gosh, he was born and then he solved the crisis. Um, but no. Alas, he didn't. But I'm just so <laughs> glad it's done. Because, Jared, I was even thinking, like, how are they going to do the Academy Awards? Mm-hmm. How are yep. we going to have, like, top 10 lists and all these other things for the rest of the year? And then I even worried about things like award shows aren't the most important. But I thought, what if someone's waited their whole life to hopefully win an Oscar? And then somehow you have to campaign in the same year as somebody else because they had to combine, like, two years or something. So yeah, I'm really it's done. People, like, speaking of the Oscars, like, actors – could not campaign either. So there was, you know, they weren't going on talk shows. They weren't doing interviews with magazines or, you know, these screening events or anything like that. Now they obviously can do that because the strike is is over and obviously still has to be voted on by the members for SAG-AFTRA, but the board voted on it and the board passed it. So it's going to take effect anyway. Doesn't really matter what the members vote, but the, I'm sure the members are going to accept it you know, the writer's strike, I think like 98 or 99% of the members accepted the contract. So it was like overwhelming support. So I'm sure, I'm sure when the actors vote on it, it'll be kind of the same way. So um, another big news item that happened while we were gone, which was very sad, is that uh, Matthew Perry, star of Friends, passed away at the age of 54 after an alleged accidental drowning. This happened on Saturday night a few weeks ago. It was like 8 or 9 p.m. when the news broke and it was just everybody was just shocked that I was talking to one because he was not that old two because it's kind of a freak way to die a, a drowning. You don't expect that when somebody they're they're thinking maybe it was in his hot tub possibly that um, he was in and possibly drowned while he was in his hot tub. So there's still a lot of things that they're trying to figure out about the how the death happened. But I know the news was very shocking you know, to me and to you when we heard about Matthew Perry passing away. Yes, Jared told me. Um, I am glad that it was you that told me. Like, I don't think okay. I would have taken the news better if somebody <laughs> else delivered it to me. Um, I thought it, I didn't think it was a sick joke. I was hoping it was a sick joke. I was hoping it was one of those hoaxes where they're like, uh, hey, this person died, but really that was just a hoax. They're, you know, they're alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And what I know, I've, of course, read obsessively about this, um, but they definitely said that it was his hot tub, like that he died there. Okay. Um, and then they've already had the funeral. He's already been buried. Um, the producers of Friends, they put out a statement. A lot of people have been sharing this quote um, because he even said like whenever he dies, which is kind of eerie that he did that. But he even said like whenever I die, I don't want to be remembered for Friends or I don't want that to be the first thing. That's what he said. He wants to be remembered for his sobriety and helping other people overcome substance use and battling addiction. Um, but anyway, he uh, – there's so many things I've read. Like hot tubs can be so much more dangerous than we think about. Also, think about all the stuff his body had been through, regardless of what happened. Like his body had been through so much trauma because of the abuse. Like it could have been a heart attack that he couldn't fight off because of some previous damage from a drug. Um, it could have been, and people apparently drowning. I I know a lot of people know this, but you only need like two inches of water or something to drown too. So you you never know how that could happen. It could have been that his blood pressure dropped when he stood up in the hot tub from being in it too long. Um, all sorts of things. But they have said that he, at least they knew initially that there was no fentanyl or meth in his system. I personally hope, but I also don't think he relapsed. I think this was probably like a heart attack or something like the blood pressure thing. Um, yeah. But we won't know for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. And regardless, though, I think he's remarkable for speaking up about addiction and being so candid um, even about how stupid he was with so many decisions with his body and stuff. Um, but he helped an um, alarming amount of people. He was very talented and he was my very favorite friend too. So I'll always, I will really miss him. Um, but I do think he got a lot more years than he could have considering all the times he had mm -hmm. near death experiences. Yeah. And I think that the thing you mentioned about the hot tubs is a good point. Like if you are in one, you know, be safe be aware of your surroundings because you're not supposed to stay in those things for hours and hours at a time. Um, and like you said, with his, with his heart already probably being not at peak capacity due to some of the things that happened earlier in his life, um, that may have had an effect as well. So it is also very eerie that his last Instagram post was a picture of him in his hot tub. So that was, that was like a week before he passed away, but that was when I went to his Instagram and saw that that was, uh, kind of a an eerie thing that happened as well so but rest in peace to matthew perry again passing away at the age of 54 also another thing that happened after we took our hiatus is a big celebrity relationship began between taylor swift and travis kelsey of the kansas city chiefs um they are now officially together at a show this past weekend in argentina taylor changed the words of karma um mm -hmm. and and sang it about travis kelsey and so yes. that was and then ran off stage and gave him a kiss, um, which was well documented all over the Internet. So I would say they have officially hard launched the relationship it was a hard at launch. this point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited about this, Jared. I'm, I'm living for this. I'm also panicky for a relationship that I have nothing to do with because I'm panicky because I'm like, can this one please work out? I don't want this one to not work. But then I also think, why would this one work? And all the others didn't. But they have very similar values and they're the same age. And he he like is the first person that she's dated that I think is really proud to be with her and doesn't have a complex about like uh, having a strong woman who's a billionaire and making more money than him and is more popular than him. And he's very likable and very attractive. Um, but I just think there's a lot of good things about this relationship and um the matthew perry death hit me really hard again perspective i don't know him i didn't know him 
you know, people die. Uh, but this has given me a lot of things to look forward to. So every day I swear I get some kind of news alert or see something on the Instagram algorithm where it's telling me about Travis and Taylor. But I'm living for this right now and I'm so excited for them. Yeah, I think like you said, um, it just seems different than her past relationships. It seems like they just really have great chemistry together. He's been he's been at her concerts. She's been at his football games like they're very supportive of each other. Um, and I think, you know, it probably helps that, you know, maybe it's it's the first time she's really dated like an athlete, too. So I don't know if that has something to yeah. do with it or yeah. they're both used to being in the public eye. So that probably has Definitely. an effect on it as well in terms of how they manage the relationship. So and Travis is Travis has a podcast a little more popular than ours yes. um, with his brother, Jason, called <laughs> Just New Heights. Just a little. Just a little bit more. But I've listened to that and he's been very good about not going into super specific details about the relationship, trying to keep it, you know, low key and, right. and private because he knows if something gets out that the, you know, the press will just kind of run with it. So, yep. Yep. Um, also a uh, big year since we've, uh, you know, taken our hiatus for celebrity divorces. Uh, lots of people have broken it's up insane. this year. So many people, the one I'm going to tell you, you made a nice list here of everybody that's Thank on here. You. I've, Thank you. I've got two that really were surprising to me. Tell me um, I'm ready. Hugh Jackman. Yes. And his that wife. Was, that one yeah. blew my mind. And then the other thing that we found out just a few weeks ago is Jada Pinkett Smith gave this like interview or did a couple different talk shows. She gave shows like and 30 she, interviews. And she was like, this. I haven't been with Will Smith for 10 years. And <laughs> so that makes the thing that happened at the Oscars where Will was like, keep my wife's name His out name your out bleeping your mouth. mouth uh, so much weirder. Yeah. We didn't need it. It never even had to happen. I don't understand. Well, then, okay, Jared, the one that – that one – that kind of blew my mind, but I was also like, Jada, please just, sh-, you know. She's both of just, them just need, but well, Jada and Will both need to like handle that just, internally yeah, instead of putting it talking. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put the red table away, zip the lips, <laughs> go to private family therapy. And then um, the other one, though, that um, shocked me was did you hear about Meryl Streep and her husband, Don? No. They've been together. Okay. They've been together forever, longer than Will and Jada, and they've been separated for six years. And they're not and divorced, just got but they're not okay. together. Yeah. And I was wow. like, I, it reminded me of when Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin did the conscious uncoupling, and then it became like a big thing. I think that's what's happening now, where people are like, we're separated, but not divorced, or we haven't been together in 18 years. But I just think it's all very strange. But Hugh Jackman, that one blew my mind. Um, I, I, I'm sure there's things to the story that we don't know. And I don't particularly, they absolutely don't owe an explanation. I just think it's crazy when people have been married 20 plus years and then get divorced. Because at that point, think of how much you've been through. You've already made the decision of like, we're having kids or we're not having kids. You've likely bought property together. You've traveled together. I'm sure you've been to some funerals together. Like, what haven't yeah. you gone through at As that a point? Ce- celebrity, you may have invested in some businesses together, right? Or Absolutely. started a business, or who knows? Yeah. So the fact <laughs> that like people make it that long and then get divorced that freaks me out more than people who are like, eh, I made a mistake after two years, and then get divorced. Yeah. Also, Chris Martin, do you think Dakota Johnson is an upgrade from Gwyneth Paltrow, or oh yes. <laughs> Gwyneth's kind of weird now. I I think Gwyneth is so bizarre. (laughs) I love Dakota Johnson. 
Um, I think that's a huge upgrade personally. That's okay. just me. But yeah, I think he, I think he just he kind of saw that before it totally before all of us kind of saw it. Yeah. And so he, he, he got lives out. With her. Yeah. yeah. And he was yep. like, I got to go. This is odd. Yeah. And yeah. now we're kind of starting to see over the past couple of years all of we the, understand. the weird stuff that she's into. So, yeah, um, we also had some engagements and marriages as well. Channing Tatum got married. So congratulations. To oh, him. no, he got engaged. Oh, sorry. Engaged. Yes. Him, yes. He's engaged he to Zoe Kravitz. Engaged. Yes. But I'm excited for them. I really like them together. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, the one that I thought was wild now, I OK, now I'm second guessing myself if they got married or. No, I think they got engaged. No, not them. Sorry. Francis Bean Cobain, though, and Riley Hawk. Do you know those two who they are? I think I've heard of Riley Hawk. Is that Tony Hawk? Okay, Hawk's so Riley son? Hawk is Tony Hawk's son. Okay. I think they're engaged, not married yet. And Francis Bean Cobain, obviously, is Kurt Cobain's daughter. But I was okay. like, what a cool and like, who had that on their bingo card for 2023? Yeah, yep. You know? Um, I think they're just engaged. I think this just happened. I don't think they got married, but they could have gotten married. Um, it looks marriage- like, according yeah. to an ET article, they got married about two weeks ago. Oh, cool. So, okay, so it was married. Yeah. And then the other marriage that happened um, that I know some people are very distraught about is Milo Ventimiglia. <sighs> he finally got married. Um, but I don't even think, at least I had no idea he was even in a relationship. But she's a model. I think her name is Jara Mariano. But a lot of people love him. Of course, he played Jess on... Um, Gilmore Girls, and then he was in This Is Us, and a lot of yep. people really like him. And he's kind of been known as just like this perennial like bachelor, kind of like George Clooney, but younger. Um, but no, he got married. So huh. there you go. Okay. Well, congrats to him. So great job. Now we've got a lot of stuff that we've been watching. We're going to start with what we've been watching um, for the most part. So I guess on the the movie front, um, I've watched a few things, but I haven't watched a whole ton. So um, I did I did go see Killers of the Flower Moon, which we'll probably do an episode on at some point a little bit later down the road. Did enjoy it. So that's what I'm going to say about that. I watched um, No Hard Feelings, that Jennifer Lawrence movie on Netflix. Yeah, I saw you did. Wasn't bad. It was it was fine. I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd. Um, yes, I saw that last night. Went and saw the creator that with um that came and went so fast with John David Washington. Yes, that was yes n- not great. Um, okay. <laughs> and then I watched Theater Camp on Hulu. Uh, that was really funny. Okay, that yeah, was that one actually looked, really solid. That one looked funny. And then as part of the Heartland Film Festival, I saw American Fiction with Jeffrey Wright, which is supposed to be like an Oscar contender for this upcoming year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was pretty good, too. Um, I don't think it it's trying to, you know, be like a commentary on things and uh, funny and stuff. And I think some of that works and some of it doesn't. But I thought overall Jeffrey Wright's performance was very good in that. And and I enjoyed it. So that's kind of quick movies. Um, I don't know if you have any movies before we get into I do. TV. Okay. Also, do you know what movie I haven't seen that I really want to see is that Past Lives movie? Because you talked about movies yes. that might be Oscar worthy. I haven't watched Greta, that either. Well, Greta Lee is the actress in it. She is a main character in The Morning Show, which I really like on Apple. And so I'd really like to see Past Lives. I think it would make me cry a lot, though, based on just knowing what it's about. But anyway, I so I watched um, a couple things, Jared. I watched Dr. No, which is the first James Bond movie with Sean Connery. That was on Prime, if anyone's wondering. But I also had a friend lend me their collection of James Bond films before Daniel Craig. So I'm trying to get through them. Um, I also finally watched Megan, the horror film. Oh, did you? Was it any good? 
Um, it's okay. I gave it a okay. three. I can't really – I don't like horror films in general. We've talked about this. I like suspense. I love a thriller. I'm into that, like Hitchcock and stuff. This um, – I will say it was scarier than I expected it, and it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think um, if I had to sit down and watch a horror movie, that was a good one to watch. Okay. So it wasn't It wasn't bad. And also what is good about horror films, they're short. So it's not like they you're committed are. to – So that was good. Um, I did also watch um, – The only other movie I thought of, so Megan – Oh, I rewatched because you and I had talked about this. This came up on one episode and I was like, I'm just going to rewatch this. Um, the Nice Guys, that movie with Ryan Gosling and – Russell Crowe? Uh, thank you. Russell Crowe. Yes. Couldn't think of yeah. That. Um, I don't know why this came up, but I remember I really dogged on it in an episode of our podcast. And because I – it's definitely the movie I was thinking of, but it had been so long since I watched it. And then when I rewatched – because it was on Netflix. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, I'm I'm going to watch this again. Just give it another shot because I've had time at home to do that. And it wasn't nearly – what I remember it being like, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was, but it's super violent, like much more than I remembered and had a lot of sexual content, which was fine, but it was like pretty graphic where I thought, Oh, well I'm surprised I don't remember this. Um, but also I can see how it's like not a family film, but it was fine. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. And it was like a fun buddy film noir type movie but i also think russell crowe just turns me off so much that i don't really want to watch him in a film but ryan gosling was great in that part and i did forget how funny he was in that role so those are the yeah. movies i've watched okay. cool all from the home o- the only other movie i had um that i forgot to mention was a haunting in venice that new um movie that came out a couple of months ago why can't i think of the the main person's name it's escaping me right now. I can't either. Kenneth but I know. Branagh. That's oh, it. yes, yes, yes. yes uh, so that's his newest like murder mystery type movie. Tina Fey's in it. A um, couple other people. It's again, it's fine. I don't think it's one and it's out of theaters now, but I would have said while well, it was in theaters, I don't think it's one that you have to go to the theaters to see. It wasn't it didn't do anything that was like, wow, this looks really cool on the big screen. But right. If you have a chance to watch it on streaming, which I'm sure it'll be there soon if it's not already. Um, I yeah, I might check it out. So I haven't. Yeah. I will say I have not watched the other two Kenneth Branagh Agatha Christie movies. I did not see Murder on the Orient Express Ooh, or Death good. on the Nile. Okay. I liked Murder on the Orient Express. Some people really didn't like it, but I did. Okay. But I like that kind of movie too. Yeah, and then I did not watch Death on Death on. No, the Nile I heard that either. was bad, so I didn't yeah. waste my time. And Army Hammer was in that, and they kind of just had to Gross, cover that up. So. Yeah, okay, yes. on to TV now. Some yes. some of these things we have both been watching. Let's start with The Golden Bachelor. Oh my gosh, Jared, <laughs> it is the most magical thing on TV. The No, people, please hear me out. I know that sometimes I can say, I wouldn't, maybe superficial, but I also can be so silly about celebs. But let me tell you, I have avoided The Bachelor franchise by choice for years. Like the last three or four seasons, I've been like, absolutely not. I will not support the show. Just like because I don't respect what they do um, with it. The Golden Bachelor is magic. It is such a beautiful premise. It is not dirty and disgusting. It's not like the producers have Gary Gary on Gary, Jerry, Gary, 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 yeah. Gary, but it's spelled like Jerry. Yes, Gary. <laughs> it's not like they have him on puppet strings or anything. Like it just feels so pure. And I applaud them for thinking of the idea. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. And I hope to God they do more of these. I would rather watch this than young hot people on The Bachelor 
any day forever. And he's also from Indiana, which is crazy. But yeah. I love it. It's so sweet. And the episodes are shorter. I honestly would love if they were longer. And they cut some of it. Like, they've definitely edited things because I think they were just seeing if people would like it. But I have read that this had, like, one of the highest uh, watch rates of any of the Bachelor franchise, especially, like, the opening opening night. I can't even think of a debut. Yeah. And then Bachelor in Paradise, that season that's on right now, had one, has had one of the lowest um, watch rates or whatever, okay. like, successes since yeah. the, that spinoff started um so that should tell you something and i'm really really glad that they thought to do this and i did not expect to love it it is it's one of the best things i've seen on tv yeah it's really wholesome uh because everybody's older it's just like a more mature show yeah than maybe considerate respectful yeah yep. um the dates are very fun to watch so mm-hmm. only complaint about the golden bachelor is i'm not yeah. a huge fan of jesse palmer don't love I don't him think as a, a lot host. of people are. I was impressed <laughs> that he speaks fluent French. I did not remember he was from Canada. That yes. blew my mind. He might have. I can't remember if he started speaking French on The Golden Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise. Um, but okay. one of those he did recently, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know French. Um, but that. Sorry, Jared. The other th- what you said. Um, wholesome is a perfect word to describe The Golden Bachelor. Um, I also love that most of these people, almost everybody on the show is a widower. So it gives like a lot of depth to a show that is known to be very, very shallow. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful because a lot of people become widowers in their lifetime. So and and people that are past the age of 50 (laughs) deserve to find love. So I just I think it's a brilliant idea. And I would be happy if they killed the rest of the franchise and just kept the Golden Bachelor. Yeah, I, I will. I can definitely see them making more seasons. So, yeah. um, also, you watch The Bear on Hulu, uh, yes. season two. What'd you yep. think? Okay, so I'm, I'll put these three together for time. The Bear, okay. Only Murders in the Building, and The Morning Show. I've watched all the seasons for all of them. I think the current seasons for all of those were the best for all three of those shows, which okay. is so weird. The Bear, I liked the season so much better. Um, only Murders in the Building. I don't know if it was because Meryl was on it and Paul Rudd. I don't know if it was like who was in it, but it was by far my favorite premise and everything else that happened. And then the morning show, it was – I I definitely think I liked the storylines that were going on in the morning show this season. I don't know. They did say they're going to continue it. I think I think all of those actually have already been renewed for new seasons. Um, but it was weird because normally I don't think a lot of television gets better as it goes on. And a lot of times, you know, it gets mm-hmm. worse. So I'm surprised that these second and third seasons of these shows have been my favorite to date. So I've watched all three of those in the past two okay. months. Yeah, I would say The Bear. I, I also like the second season better than the first. I think it goes in a different direction and it kind of changes the story a little bit. And it works really well. It expands on it. it some of the side characters have more depth especially richie in the second season so really enjoyed that i think i did not love season three of only murders in the building i think i like season two better than season three um season one i think is still my favorite but i I understand i i I like season three and then the other show that you mentioned was what was oh morning show i kind of have stopped watching that so i'm not caught up on that it was um, John Hamm was a big draw for me because he was oh, in this okay. season and Billy Crudup. I mean, I love him. So I and then Greta Lee, it seems like some of the it's kind of the same with the bear. Some of the side characters had bigger roles this season, and I found that to be very intriguing. So I don't think it's the best show on TV. I would definitely not say that. But since I've had the time at home to watch it, I was able to pay attention and got really invested. So I thought it was a really good storyline this season. 
Nice. Um, yeah. Some other stuff that you've been watching. You've been keeping up on Real Housewives. So <laughs> of course. Always. It's good to see. Uh, Love is Blind. So Allison Terrible. and I s- started this and then we kind of stopped. Like We haven't watched it like three episodes in. So The season was so bad. Um, there was a lot of... There was a lot of like dirty... Like not tricks. I'm trying to think of like just... It was not good, clean fun, and I don't think no, people I, were there. I think for love. like once once the Golden Bachelor started, we kind of focused on that as like our yeah. love dating type show, and I honestly forgot about Love Is Blind until you had it on this list. So well, so some people told me it was because of the writer strike that it was bad, and I was like, well, if it's reality TV, then it shouldn't be affected by the writer strike, but perhaps it's not. Like perhaps it is scripted. I don't know, but or it they just might script wasn't... certain things or interactions. Yeah. yeah, who knows? And I will, I won't ruin it for you. I will tell you, not everybody makes it. Um, and then the people that did, I was like, excuse me. Like I would have paid, I would have put a million dollars down that these couples wouldn't have made it, and somehow they did. And I was just like, that's <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, it was just like I, I can't think of dirty is not the right word. I don't mean it was like. Um, inappropriate. It was people were just rude and uh, not mature. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't yep. like it. It was it was a horrible season. Um, I watched it just because it was there, and that's a quick and easy thing to watch. Speaking of, I forgot to put on here. I also watched the newest season of Selling Sunset, and I'm here to tell you, I've watched now Selling Sunset and Selling the OC. Selling Selling OC is so much better than Selling Sunset. Really? Okay. To me, yes. Okay. I've only watched an episode or two of it, but yeah, yeah. Okay, and good the, to know. Well, also, I think the um, people in the OC, the young pups, they are superior <laughs> sellers. They're better at it? Okay. Way better. Okay. Good to know. Like, it's so. unreal how much more money they're making. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, you watched Daisy Jones and the Six based on that Taylor Jenkins Reed book. How's that? Fantastic. Okay. So good. I did forget how <laughs> sad um, parts of that book was. I think that was one of the best adaptations I've ever seen. The TV okay. show. Yeah. You also checked out Jury Duty. Uh, what do you think of Jury Duty? Okay. Oh, my word. One of my favorite things I've seen the entire year. Jury Duty. <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Up to the hype. James Marsden, so hot. We love him. The guy, I already forgot his name, but the guy. Ronald. Tri- sweetest yeah. man ever. I, I just hope his life is butterflies and rainbows. I love him so much. What a sweet guy. The message of that entire show was beautiful. I and really the, enjoyed the it. Comedians, so. the actors, I like spit out food a couple times. I was laughing so hard. Like they just they just caught me off guard. It was so It was bad. really interesting too cuz like the last episode kind of goes into the detail on like how they shot it and how when Ronald would do things, they would have to adapt or adjust kind of on the fly. Like it shows these people just sitting in a conference room basically with like you know they're talking to the talent through any your uh ifb things um to kind of adapt as ronald is doing things but i thought it was really like it's really innovative kind of how they did it it's a tough show to pull off it could have been a very boring show very easily but it wasn't and it was funny and i think partially yeah. that's due to having ronald and just how great he was but also having james marsden in there and that whole star factor of like i'm gonna be on the jury with james marsden like this is yeah this is kind of wild so it was great jury <laughs> yeah. duty is one of the best things i've seen all year so if anyone is listening to this basically real housewives i stand it i love it so much but if you want good tv the best things at least on that list that i've just mentioned i would say i would watch i i think i would recommend jury duty and then Daisy Jones and the Six, if you liked the book, 
Okay. And what was the, the Golden Bachelor? Golden Bachelor. Okay. Yep. There you go. Top three. So we've talked about our movies and TV shows that we've been kind of watching during the past couple of months. But now we'll move on quickly to some books that we've been reading and checking out. So currently, I'm reading, before the movie comes out, The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mm. It's okay. It was really good until about the two-thirds part of the book, and then it really slowed down after that, and I haven't had as much motivation to finish it as I yeah. did when it when I first started reading it, but I have it at work, so basically what I'm doing is just every day on my lunch break, I'm reading a chapter, and if I keep doing that, I'll be done by Friday when the movie comes out. When you're hearing this, the movie might already be out, but when we're Smart. recording this, the movie is not out yet, so yes. Well, good job reading that. I definitely lost interest in that series. I read... I think I read all of the original ones okay. or whatever, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. I'm not good with dystopian things. It's just mm. not an interest to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. not super interested in that either, but I think just because I read the other three Hunger Games books and I was probably going to see the movie, I was like, I'll read this book too. But you're yeah. right. I, other than this series, I'm not really interested in a ton of dystopian uh, stuff. So then the other book that I've been reading is um, A Fever in the Heartland by Timothy <sighs> Egan. It's about the yes. KKK. Uh, the full title is A Fever in the Heartland. The Ku Klux Klan's plot to take over America and the woman who stopped them. So this is mainly set uh, in Indiana because unfortunately the KKK was very popular in Indiana. In fact, it was the most popular state for the KKK for quite a while in the 20s. Gross. So it talks about all the different areas where KKK rallies were happening and um, other things that were going on. Muncie was a big player in terms of members there kokomo evansville all of those areas indianapolis of course because it was the most populated so but it's very interesting very well researched and i knew about the kkk but i didn't know all the details of the kkk and i would say this book Mm -hmm. is really lays that out well um it's not an easy read by any means um but it is very well done and i think i've learned a lot from reading this book about kind of some of the history of of the state that I live in, in particular, you know, from from the twenties, early twenties to mid twenties. So yeah, well, and it was I'm well. We first of all don't endorse the KKK. Uh, we are <laughs> not fans. Um, but it was so weird that Jared mentioned this. He obviously already knows, but I had a friend gift me that book, and because uh, he knew I was from Indiana, and I was, I told him I saw him reading it one day, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Um, so I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. But it was just so weird because he was the only person I'd heard mention it. So when you said you were reading it, I was like, what a strange like coincidence. But, you know, yeah. I try to do several nonfictions a year. Um, but I figured Newly Postpartum might not be the best, best book for me to read. And also, I have slowed way down. Like, Jared, I know I do this every year. I always say I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get 100 books in. But this year, I'm actually kind of worried it's not going to happen um, because I've, it's just it's harder to do now. And I have much less control over my life. But I have been reading some things. Okay. Um, but I'm glad you're reading all that to say. I'm glad you're reading the KKK book before me so you can keep me posted on it. Um, then, so the books I read that I wanted to recommend, I read Mad Honey by Jodi Picoult. She had another person write with her, but Jodi's like the first one listed, but it's Jennifer Finney Boylan. And um, Mad Honey was really good. Parts of it are sad. There are a lot of things about um, the transgender and LBGTQ plus communities. Um, and there was a lot of it was definitely an interesting book to read either if you are a new parent or pregnant um i would okay. say that plays into the book 
beautifully written. So like I could not put that book down. And it was my first Jodi Picoult book. I'd never read any of her. She's super popular, but I think I've only, read. I may have read Wish You Were Here. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the covers. That would probably be the only one that I've maybe read or Small Great Things, but I've only read maybe I've one of her those. books. Yeah. So Well, this one was really okay. good because people were raving about it. Another one I'd seen all over Instagram that I picked up at a cute little bookstore is called Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. I hope I'm saying that right. Q-U-A-N-G. It was so good. So Yellow Face, it's, um, it is about racism. It is about specifically um, racism, more about the Asian community, but it's also uh, about like taking credit for someone else's work. Or uh, mainly there's a white person in the story that is taking credit for an Asian person's story. And there's an I what I liked about this book, there were a lot of layers as far as there's a death in the book. Okay. Um, it's about literature and writing. And it's about it's very timely about uh, like what is appropriate cultural appropriation, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Um how to share about cultures or learn about other cultures without claiming it's our own. Really good book, though. Again, it's called Yellow Face. Highly recommend it. And not that this matters, but I am drawn to books that have really attractive covers. This is maybe one of my favorite um, cover art covers oh, okay. that I've seen this year. Yeah. It's just yellow, but it's got a really cool like face drawn on it. It's neat. So I'd recommend that. And then, okay, these last two, very light reads, but one is called Check and Mate, like Checkmate by Allie Hazelwood. So I've mentioned, I think, all of her books on this podcast. She, This is her first young adult book, though. Um, what, when it does say young adult, though, I wouldn't recommend this book for like 12-year-olds. I think it's too mature for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely appropriate for like 17, 18, college age, stuff like that. But it was really good, especially for it being her first YA book. And it's about a female who is one of the best chess players in the world. And I didn't realize there was a study done about, like she based this um, on a study that she wrote. She did research, Allie Hazelwood did, for like a either a job or one of her degrees because she has multiple degrees. And there was some study done that like uh, talked about genders and how genders will react. Like if a woman is playing a man in a sport, how they react if they have that knowledge ahead of time um, and how that influences how they play versus the opposite um, men versus women, things like that. But it's so cute. Really good. It was fun to read about chess. If you liked The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which I did not watch. I think I'm one of the only people in the world really? that watch it. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you liked it, I can guarantee you'll like this book because it's very much talking about that kind of a, a situation in the history of chess and women in chess. So, I want to tell you, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is going to come to your house and be like, watch The I Queen's know. Gambit. So. And they're going to do another season, I saw. Are they? I don't think they need I thought, to. I think okay. They, well, can you fact check it? Because I think they yeah, just announced that, like um, within the last week. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, okay, my last one is The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. So this has been all over social media. So I must say, uh, I gave it three stars on Goodreads, but I'll tell you why. If you love Britney Spears and you're a lifelong fan like I am, you're going to enjoy the book. It's going to give you what you want. It's going to spill the tea on a lot of things. You get to hear what Britney's thoughts are and all the things that have happened in her life, controversial or otherwise. However, if you are looking for a book with a lot of depth, uh, a lot of technically good writing and stuff, this ain't it. Uh, clear, There was definitely not a ghostwriter for this one. Like You can tell Britney 
wrote this. You can take that sentence that I just said as you wish. I'm not going to expand on that. Just um, you can tell Brittany wrote it. And it definitely spills the tea on her family and Justin Timberlake and everything like that. However, um, it was hard to read and know that she wrote it because there's definitely mental illness at play and you can tell in the book. That's that's what – yeah. And also if you're someone that like is looking for a Pulitzer, like Pulitzer-style writing or a book that's going to be like technically brilliant, this book is not going to be that for you. But if you love Brittany and you want to hear her thoughts and you're just – you know, you've always enjoyed Brittany, this is a great book to read. And I read it in 24 hours. So that should say something. Allison has been listening to the audio book – which is not oh, read by Brittany, but with Michelle by Williams. Somebody else. Yes, Michelle Williams. Um, yes. And that, what you said about the writing was the first uh-huh. thing that I noticed just from hearing, like overhearing five minutes of it, is that it was very, it was yeah. just a different level than maybe some other. It's books. jumbled. Yeah, it's jumbled. It yeah. could have really used like an editor, maybe just to, yes. not to change what she's saying, but maybe to just Mm-mm. go in. And maybe there was, but I think some of the sections could have been cleaned up maybe just a little bit, at least from the parts that I've overheard. But it is interesting. I mean, yeah. it's a direct account from Brittany, and I haven't read or listened to the whole book, but Allison has really enjoyed it, she said. Um, but yeah. again, I think, like you said, it's just, that was the first thing that stood out to me when I overheard part of the audio book was just the the text was not really up to par with some mm-hmm. other books maybe so well and the last thing about it is she'll say things that are intriguing like i want to know more about like she's she one of the sentences in the book she says like my dad was an alcoholic and then she just doesn't okay. really expand on certain things like she'll she'll bring something up like she brings up okay i know a good example that i wanted to know more about she talks about christina aguilera brings her okay. up a handful of times doesn't say any details just says christina was being mean and then doesn't explain how she was being mean, where they were, if this was if she was provoked. There's no details with it that also don't back up the claim. So you're like, are you just saying that Christina was mean or did Christina actually do something to you that was like inappropriate and rude? Mm-hmm. So there's there's just not a lot of explanation for things. It's very jumbled. It seems um, like it jumps yeah. around a lot too. Like she'll go from it does. one thought to another. Like I overheard a part where she was talking about going out with Paris Hilton um, and how they got drunk. But she went from like that to something else and then back to the Paris thing. And so it was just, it was hard to follow at least again. And I wasn't totally paying attention. It was just Allison had it on while she was making dinner. So I overheard some of it, but still it wasn't. I think, like you said, it's kind of jumbled and, and mismatched in some some places. So, um, yes. also, no Queen's Gambit season two. Uh, Correction. Was, I, I guess it's just a rumor uh, that came out. Well, so. I fell for it. I fell for everything. <laughs> uh, and then you asked about House of the Dragon season two. Yes, I'm pretty sure that, that is coming. Um, okay. Yes, that is definitely a thing. Uh, no release date yet, but okay. it looks like, oh, actually, Variety article from the other day. Early summer 2024 on okay. HBO. So that is that is happening. That is a Got thing. It. But Queen's Gambit season two, not happening, at least not at this point. So Yep. And I know for sure the two that I know that I talked about um like previously in this episode, uh the morning show I know has been renewed. 
And the bear for sure has been renewed yeah, for other the, seasons. The bear season three is coming. I think uh, only murders in the building got a season I four bet. too. So That's what I think too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And then the other thing that uh, happens that I didn't mention earlier, um, this because this just happened today. Matthew Perry, um, the Friends cast had not really said anything yet. They they came up with a joint statement just saying like we're going to speak in our own time. But today, uh, which is the 14th of November on Instagram, um, Matt LeBlanc and Courtney Cox did put out statements about him that were lovely. So if you are keeping up with that or if you're as devastated as I am about Matthew Perry's death, uh, go look at those. Yeah, I saw that the the death certificate was released, but no cause of death was listed yet. Oh, okay, I was going to say, there's no way they have the... No, they don't have a cause of death, the, but they yeah, released the, the, the death certificate, I guess. So I saw that on, Got it. online. So, But yeah, still very sad, obviously, and it a is. shock to... Not only his, fr- obviously his friends and family, but everybody that watched that show because it was so popular and still is very yeah. popular in, you know, on Netflix and other places. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then I read one other thing that was fun um, that just made me more sad that he died. When you and I covered Michael J. Fox, the movie still earlier this year, his documentary and Parkinson's and his foundation and everything. And apparently when Matthew Perry first got the check when they became millionaires, when they started getting like the million dollars an episode for friends and stuff like that. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox said that Matthew Perry wrote a big quote, big fat check to the foundation, which I thought was really sweet because I think they were friends from, I think, I don't know if it was Spin City or the West Wing. I know the West Wing they would have been involved in, but they were friends. So I thought that was also nice to hear. So it seems like he did a lot of good, um, in his 54 years on earth. Yeah. Very nice. So, um, sad that he passed away, but like you said, was able to have an impact while he was here, which is, which is important. So. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, that's about it for this episode in terms of all of our news and recommends. Uh, Coming up next, we're still on hiatus, but we'll keep you posted if we have another episode come out. Um, We do have some things that are about to come out on Netflix over the next couple of months in terms of streaming movies that will Mm -hmm. be out. Um, Rustin is coming out soon, I believe. The Crown. The Crown is coming out. In two out. parts. Yes. Maestro will be out soon. Um, the Can't Killer, wait. that new David Fincher movie just came out with Michael yep. Fassbender. I have not watched that yet. Um, I'm that, scared to see that. And that's just Netflix. So there's other platforms yeah. that'll have stuff as well as we get closer to the end of the year. And of course, we have Wonka coming with Timothy Chalamet, yeah. which I know we're both very excited for. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the new Trolls movie is out this weekend, so got to hey, go see that. If it's if it's got an NSYNC song in it, I'll go. <laughs> that NSYNC song is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Good. Yeah. I was just happy they got back together. Yeah, Let's I'm happy get they did the something. Band back together. <laughs> now they just need to go on a tour. So yes, that would make them a gajillion dollars. So I'm not sure why right. they're not doing that. So. But that's that's a discussion for another day. That is uh, it for today. You can follow us on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen. And you can see our letterbox profiles as well in the show description in your podcast app of choice. So you can follow us there too. And uh, next time, we're not really sure yet. Stay tuned. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy 